as we say every January, it's time to focus on the cup here on the Owls Americast. Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. We're covering a big win, and a big win deserves a big beer. And I went to the biggest beer brand out there, Anheuser-Busch InBev, and one of their 700 different beer companies that they own is a little outfit in Chicago, Illinois, known as Goose Island. Mm. And I have in my hand their 2022 Bourbon County brand stout, which is, uh, as you would expect, a stout aged in bourbon barrels, only available once a year around the, uh, December. I picked them up in December. And it is, uh, it says enjoy in a snifter, which I am. And enjoy it responsibly because it is 14.3% this year. It's about in the same range. Uh, I have noticed this year's quite good as it always is. A little hotter. They get a little more of the barrel on it this year. It's it's spicy. And we got a spicy match to talk about. And to discuss it with me. Everyone's we got we, look, every 100 episodes we'll actually get a lot of people to come on, but we are back to the the usual rotation which is just <laughs> me and our New England owl, Justin Desarger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey Jeff, good to see you. Uh, and by the way, I almost never have heard of any of the beers you drank, but I have had, uh, I have had that before. Not the 2022 edition, but prior ones, and it is quite good. Um, I had a very hectic day, so I decided to uh, chase a couple fingers of some uh, ice cold uh, hornitos on Yeho. Uh, with a little bit of ginger ale and uh, put that back before grabbing uh, again. And I got this very specifically for uh, Andy and Tina, two of our UK listeners who mocked me the last time I got it. Well, screw you guys. Widowmaker Brewing's uh, peanut butter stout uh, with coffee. It is delicious. Uh, I don't care what you guys say. You try experimenting more with beer. It is 7% though and chasing that. On top of the tequila, this very well could be a spicy show because we got some stuff to talk about. And we are definitely hornitos for Wednesday's performance against Newcastle. We will <laughs> talk about that first. Cover the Wednesday oh, yeah. news and preview a slightly less exciting trip to Wickham at the weekend, but no less important. We will start with the Newcastle game. Uh, I'm not even going to do in a word here. We're just going to run through some talking points. Uh, if you don't know, Wednesday beat Newcastle 2-1 to advance to the fourth round of the FA Cup. One of the best performances I've seen them put in in recent memory. We were discussing about it in the WhatsApp group. Was this a more impressive performance than the win over Arsenal in the League Cup? I'm going to say it is not... No, I'm going to say it is. I'm going to totally... I'm going to say it's a more impressive victory especially given that uh, we are a league below Mm -hmm. where we were when we played them. And given the fact that uh, unlike Arsenal in that game, which granted we kind of put that game to bed a little earlier, but Newcastle brought everybody out. You know, Mm -hmm. I made a joke at one point, uh, they're going to sub in uh, Alan Shearer next. (laughs) Uh, I mean, they, they emptied their bench and brought their. Full, I mean, they started the with the a game. hundred million plus pound lineup to start, and yeah, but the end of the game was their starting eleven. Yeah, uh, right. that was that was what. And boy, there they, are some terrifying players in that lineup. <laughs> yeah, very much. So. Not Chris Wood uh, so much, but everybody else. <laughs> no, so that was it, right? It was everybody but Callum Wilson and uh, yeah. out of their starting eleven. Uh, 
so yeah, for us to to do that, um, and and again, you know, that game could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Dawson had a couple of huge saves to to keep that game. The where one he made with his be, feet but, after Wednesday went up, yeah, one nil was just incredible. Like he, he made a lot of nice saves. The one he pawed over the crossbar that was just swerving on him was really good. And he was I don't I don't even want to say he was shaky in the first half. Like he was just left out on an island by his defense a couple times in the first half and nothing really came of it. But you know the first yeah, I one mean, I didn't even think it was left on an island necessarily. Like uh, you know I mean the first one should have been a foul, right? Save. When it, when I think it was uh, Marvin Johnson yeah. got shoved over and the ref, I mean I, the ref shouldn't even necessarily be a talking point here, but I guess when you have two offside goals, that's kind of inevitable, but uh, which I, I think is hilarious. I, I mean, first of all, they've got to figure out you can't have a competition where they either got to shut VAR off yeah. or leave it on. It's one or the other. Um, but that is hilarious that we uh, <laughs> we got that. Yeah. But Wednesday, we were getting nothing goal. in the in the first half in terms of calls. And I thought they were, you know, they certainly had opportunities. There was the Palmer uh, when Palmer kind of nipped in on the throw in. And just oh, flashed it wide, close. you know, yeah. wind dashed, pouncing on the back pass. So they had they had some chances, and obviously Newcastle. So the thing for me, it was an interesting midfield selection. That's my first talking point, especially in the first half. Like, look, I don't know if there's any. As much as we talk up Wednesday's midfield options, I don't know if there's any midfielder or midfield three they can put out that was going to contain Joe Linton. He was just absolutely torturing them for the entire game. I basically. thought he was their player at the yeah. game. He was, he He's was absolutely like just an entirely different class, but without Bannon, I thought they might do like a, I thought they might play a little more conservatively and put out Backinson and box as a, like a double pivot and then put buyers a little bit further forward. Or I mean, the FDB would have worked in that. I mean, he didn't work in that role, but it would have worked in that theoretical role. Um, but I just thought like they just could not grasp for the game in the midfield for for large portions of it. Like that, Newcastle was just basically bypassing them, and you know the back line did quite well. Um, I was particularly impressed with Dominic Iorfa, like just getting getting dumped back into the squad. And I think early, especially the first twenty minutes or so, when they were back on their heels a lot, like nobody really wanted to like step up and make a play on the ball. They were just letting them kind of waltz into the final third a little bit. And Iorfa was the one that's like, okay. I'm going to I'm going to make a tackle, I'm going to make a challenge and we're going to see what happens and I thought that did did help them settle like settle the game a little bit. It did. I I actually thought both Fox and and Byers did an excellent job in that double pivot role. Yeah. And Byers, and Byers just again Byers did freedom, all the dirty but, work, right? Oh, he was uh and he had no fucks to give. He he had yeah. an unbelievable tackle uh, probably around the 25 minute mark where he just he came in and he knew he was going to get called for it and he did not. He, he won the ball care. there. That's the one that he clearly, that like, actually, that was that not a foul. Yeah, that was like in no way, foul, like even he, 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 he got, he, he barely got, that's a 50, 50 ball the whole way. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was a bad call, but yeah. it was also, it just summed up his attitude. And yeah. frankly, I thought the attitude of the whole team, I agree yeah. with you. I, I thought they got into the final third, but I thought once they were in there, I thought box and buyers and the back three, obviously some help, uh, from Palmer at times. I thought they did a pretty good I job. Mean, outside I, of I, the outside of the header that Isak got that McGinnis just mistimed and that Dawson saved. McGinnis again, the the sliding well, tackle he, was, he made to he cut off beast. the one in the second half. Just like to go to ground in that spot, you better get it right. And he got it absolutely inch perfect. Well, he's gotten everything right since yeah. he's been here. Um I, I will 
tell my tale for this game, but mm-hmm. I, I do also want to say I, I loved the idea of that lineup. I just think Fizz had a bad game. Yeah. I think Adenarin uh, definitely I, I, caused I some trouble in the worked. second half, right? Adenarin yeah. Aden- was role. a much was a big improvement in the exact same role. He just he played a little bit better, um, and, and maybe that role in that game called for even that furthest forward uh, midfielder to be a little bit more defensive, which mm-hmm. I, I feel like Adenarin is over Fizz. Um, you know, I want to see Fizz. You know, we'll get into it this weekend, right? I want right, to see yeah, him yeah, yeah. carrying the ball and attacking when we get, you know, in the cup against Fleetwood. Like, that's a game for Fizz to give him the ball and let him be a physical dominant beast. But he's not going to do that against Joe Yeah. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. Not, not the way that guy was bringing it. Uh, so I'll interrupt real quick with, with my talk. But my son had a game, a hockey game. I live about 70 miles outside of Boston. Uh, my son had a game in a neighboring city a little bit before uh, the kickoff uh, in our time. And I, I realized we probably could get back home and watch the game uh, after his hockey game was over. But I said, you know what? Uh, the boy hasn't been to a pub to watch a soccer match since uh, he was, what, three. I brought him out for the 2016 uh, Euros. Uh, we went to uh, a few games, and uh, you literally cannot bring to... kids into bars here. It's very—I don't say upsetting, yeah. but it's inconvenient. Let's say. <laughs> Damn it! Can't bring my kid to. They a card bar. everyone that comes uh, in, and uh, well, she doesn't. She's well, she's not twenty-one, so. Yeah. The the sign at the banshee said nobody under twenty-one allowed. Uh-huh. Like, no, and I was like, well, okay, and I walked in, and they immediately and. and the Banshee's an Irish pub in Dorchester oh. that, like, everybody who works there is Irish. Yes. Uh, you know, a lovely, lovely young lady with a, a beautiful accent immediately welcomed me and my son, mm. put us in a, at a table and turned a TV to the game. So we were able to watch. There were about, there's a group of about five Newcastle fans who were kind of around the corner from us. And I, I, I don't, I mean, I was only watching, I wasn't paying super close attention to the, the day. That was the only game on in that time slot, right? Because Wolves Liverpool was later. And I don't think there was anything earlier. So Wolves Liverpool was right? later. And the, the biggest contingency at the bar that day was uh, Villa. There were mm. about 10 Villa fans that were sitting there because Villa had a game against Brentford. And there were a few randoms who, you know, find yourselves in an Irish pub on a Saturday mm. afternoon. And that's good. Um, some people coming in and out. But, the Villa fans were very excited for their win and in good spirits. And nobody said anything to me until the first goal, which uh, I was, to be honest, kind of surprised. Uh, but I definitely, you know, half leapt to my feet and went, <laughs> and which they all turned and they cheered back at me and came over, delivered some high fives. One of them even, sang out a chorus of mm-hmm. hi-ho Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and my son was blown away at the support. And the rest of that game, the uh, Villa fans uh, actively rooted for Wednesday <laughs> and cheered us on. So it was a great experience. And as much as I do not need to be introducing my nine-year-old son to uh, pub culture, uh, he really appreciated They're going to uh, learn about it somewhere, Justin. So yeah. might as well be at home. <laughs> might, might as well be at home under my direct uh yeah. guinness's deep supervision so um yeah we had we had a wonderful time there was there was a lot of uh 
lot of fun to watch. But uh, we should talk maybe, about that uh, first goal because just every that's like, what I was gonna say. Yeah, the the buyers just absolutely leaving two oh. Newcastle players in the dust, and just doesn't he did not rush. He waited for probably was it Palmer on the right to get in get involved, mm-hmm. picked the perfect spot. Palmer slid it into a Denneran, slid it into Windass. Was he offside? Probably. Yep. <laughs> so this he was. I know. So this is one for me. I cannot get on the linesman for missing this. This is close. No, you have the covering it's defender, close, and there's the covering six defender, guys there. The covering defender is sticking a leg out. I think if you threw it through VAR and drew the little lines, he would be offside. But I also don't think that Windass got any particular advantage from being offside. I mean, he's literally like five feet in front of the goal, right? He's not, and he just, he beats his man to the ball. I know what the laws of the game are. I know what VAR is. I'm very well aware. I'm just saying, I, I can't, in, in the moment, I can't get on the linesman for, for missing that. I think it was a fairly tight offside. I think it was offside, but I think it was fairly tight. Well, when I was watching in the moment, um, and obviously it was, again, Byers makes a great play and you mm. get one of my favorite things about the sport is that build up, right? Like you yeah. see him turn, you see the possibilities, yes. right? And, and, and there's the pause. And, and we're again, Wednesday fans, right. so we know the final the third space. doesn't always go great. It's not like, it's like, man, <laughs> like, you know, if uh, Kevin De Bruyne does this and it's like starting to charge the defense, like, okay, man, City's going right. to score. But when it's Wednesday, yeah, happen. You know. But it was it was as good as anything City could do, man. Mm-hmm. He waited for the space to open up, led it ahead to Palmer. Palmer laid a perfect ball. But when I was watching in real time, at no point did I have that that sticker in the back of my head going, "Hey, was that offside?" Like that just felt like yeah. a and, beautiful and football. None of the play Newcastle defenders were like throwing up, claiming for it or anything either. Yeah. It's true. So I I I had doesn't mean no he wasn't offside. He was offside, but yeah. That's okay. We're we're taking it, and yeah. it, it was just a just a beautiful team play, and again led by Byers, who you know once again was was outstanding today. I mean, we need and, to talk about the form that Josh Wendas is in right now too, because uh, the second goal now is a, a, again a little sloppy. Newcastle were sloppy at the back the entire game, in all honesty. Yeah, and well, I know they, they, they didn't, didn't have, have their uh, starters. Yeah. Yeah, they but they had. I mean, Jamal Lascelles is a good defender, right? It's not like you know, they had a lot of money. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's played much. He uh, hasn't, and that's you know that's Char always part of it out, too. And yeah. Byrne was out, I believe. Yeah. Botman was in. Trippier was out too. So and they Trippier, had three yeah. other back four were changed. Yeah, I mean Trippier. Um, they did bring and, in Trippier late, and man, he's still pretty good at set pieces. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean immediately scoring I mean, off a Trippier corner. I mean it was a it was a good save by. Uh, Dawson in the moment, and then you know you want to talk about an actual should have been flagged for offside <laughs> when you probably three feet although in front of I the defender. E- either way, but but getting back to Windass, yeah, uh, yeah he is. Uh, you know, there's the whole non-controversy about his celebrations. Or Look, whatever, if he wants to score five and two yeah. for the rest of the season, like <laughs> nobody on the team should celebrate a goal the rest of the year, as far as I'm concerned. I, Just, I, I feel like he's playing with a real vengeance right yeah. now. He's in great – like, he's in such good form. First of all, you're, you're right, sloppy play by Newcastle. But yeah. What a pass from Smith. Yep, Put perfectly it perfectly weighted, right? for Windass to run on to. And I tell you what, man, as soon as I saw that hole open up, 
I knew that was going in the, the way the wind dash is right now. Finish. He wasn't missing that. So he had a lot of room to aim for, but also like the finish was just as p- absolutely pure as you'd like, just absolutely peeled at the height. Keeper can't do anything with it and just right in the net. I may or may not have uh, stood up and yelled, get the fuck in mm. um, at near the top of my voice in a bar full of people yeah. uh, in front of my nine-year-old son. But, Whatever. you know, regardless, it was uh, – I'm <laughs> pretty sure all of us were thinking that mm. <laughs> as he uh, as he collected that and went in. But, yeah, man, Windass, oh, I know we've talked a little bit over the last – year or so about his value and what we could get from and there was the the rumors of like an argentinian yes, team was. was gonna cough up Look, a million a, for him but he's a weird dude right you know he's playing five aside soccer in the states over the summer and things like that and and you know i've i've i don't i'm, gonna, I'm not gonna say i've like crushed him on this podcast or anything i think he's i think what i said is he's very capable of scoring 15 goals at this level but he can kind of get a little ponderous, right? He just sort of does his own thing and doesn't actually necessarily mesh with the way the team wants to play. It's been two games, right? It's been Cambridge at home and in a big game against Newcastle on TV on on the on the Beeb in the. He in likes the, the big slot. games. So he does. He likes the big games, but he just he is playing with a purpose now and it fits exactly how they want to how, how they wanted to play these two games right against, yeah i against cambridge he was very form, direct man. just trying to break down their defense and against newcastle he was he was the outlet right he was just always he was essentially in the barry bannon role in a lot of ways even though he was playing a little bit further forward well he gets they they give him against cambridge we talked about they gave him a real free role right, right. they, they kind of had it's tough to do that when Bannon is also doing the same thing, right? But when there's only Correct. one, you can't like once you have two free like it's like once you have two free roaming plays, you're getting into like you know, Ornette Coleman free jazz in the fifties, and it can all fall apart pretty quickly. <laughs> Unless you're uh, yeah. Ornette Coleman, and, Unless and you're Ornette Coleman, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, no, you know it's funny. I actually think when we we're talking about the League there, One version of Ornette Coleman at this point, <laughs> that's a, that's we're stretching the analogy. Yeah, yeah. Jeff. Yes. I don't know. Uh, I, I think the, I think when Baz is in, Baz has to be the furthest forward midfield, the point mm-hmm. of the spear. And at that point, I actually think Windass's best role is out wide, cutting in. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about later in the news. I mean, you know, yeah. we we lost a winger. Yeah. So I, Honestly, I don't. Know I mean, I don't think Bannon's going to be back soon. Like I don't think he's out for the season, but it's going to be a few weeks at least, probably. I, I, I would certainly assume we'll get through the month. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's fine. But again, this is, well, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it going forward. But we, we have that stretch at the end of this month that yeah, is, a little tricky. is super important for the rest of the season. And, and I'm glad. Well, I'm hoping that we still have uh, Josh Windass uh, on form. Yeah. Um, anybody else we need? I mean, I thought the whole team was good. Yeah. Like, it was really, like, we were that was an overmatched opponent. Like you can talk all you want about the wages, and that doesn't always mean everything. But mm. I mean, that was a so that's that like was a hundred million team, hundred million dollar team against hundred thousand dollar team. To, to bring I mean, it back was, to the to the to the opening question I made when Wednesday we're playing Arsenal in the League Cup, 
that was like the ascendancy of of Carlos Carvajal at the club, the ascendancy of the club into a into a trip to Wembley against a mid-table Arsenal team that was not playing a full squad, right? So the the gap in talent just wasn't. It and was you look at like you know Daniel Pudio played in the like there you can look up and down that Wednesday roster and there were players that played recently in the Premier League, right? You know, squad players or lower level size, but inter- yeah, yeah. And look, they absolutely dominated Arsenal in a way that Wednesday did not against Newcastle. Uh, Wednesday got, caught the rub of the green uh, a few different times, I think. A little you know? bit. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, but and still, you gotta, yeah, you so have, impressive. This, and this team, look, this team is third in the Premier League, and I think they're good for it. Look at that squad. They're, the I, I don't remember who did it, but the, the pass to set up the move for when Chris Wood put it into uh, the back row of the cup that pass, that little like volleyed pass, like directly into the line of the winger, run oncoming winger, like that's just like perverse. That's an absolutely just like ridiculous. Oh, well, they brought on yeah. your Miguel Almirons yeah. and, and Bruno Gimaris right. and, and these guys that, I mean, Jolinton doesn't even start for them right now. They've actually been using uh, Willock and uh, Longstaff to go yeah. along with Gimaris. Uh, so yeah, but they they did they brought that whole team in and you know I talked about it in the preview I, I've been incredibly impressed by them when I've watched them they're well balanced they know how they want to play um, but hey you know what I just kind of coming off of that when you mentioned the game against Arsenal uh, and thinking about it, I I've given Darren Moore and more specifically Jamie Smith a lot of stick about <laughs> tactics yeah. And, and, and I don't necessarily think I'm wrong. I mean, I'm wrong because I'm an American watching on television from 3,500 miles away. Right, you but, don't know who's, who's you know, carrying a little right. something this week. And but, but at the same time, I, I've had some questions at times. And, you know, some of the in-game tactical shifts still concern me. But, boy, they got that spot on. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, the players worked super hard and deserved that. But, you know, for the most part, we neutralized a really – good football team and that was uh just a, a top to bottom from uh you know more down to whoever the 18th guy on the bench was that didn't get in uh that that was a really really good performance and you know a, a bunch of the people were coming up to me at the bar after and being like oh congratulations and great job and i was a little torn because i was sort of you know it feels a little not condescending because it was done in a nice way, but mm. sort of like, hey, you're the little club that took a took a scalp, right? And and that's not how I consider Wednesday or being a Wednesday fan. But when I when I really thought about it, you know, and I had some other friends that are big soccer fans that reached out to me. Um, what I realized in the end is that there's not always lots of joy rooting for this club it's not always well, that's the thing right it's like moments of glory i was um, having right. a... so when you when you when you get that when you get something to be really happy about a win over a big team uh yeah. you know any of this like it really just means that much more but it felt good and it felt good right this is one <laughs> of the bigger wins in recent wednesday history i mean really going back i think to the to the arsenal league cup match right that's 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 where we are. I mean, you can look at 
uh, you know, well, but the, the the chance Sierra, right? The chance, yeah, yeah. But you can look at the Brighton matches certainly in the playoffs. You can go back to the, you know, you can pick out the double over Leeds. You can pick out the the double over United if you want to, you know, go back a little bit further than that too. Um, but the reality is that this was a, a rare national showcase for the for the club, right? The stuff on the field was it was a great performance, right? <laughs> Before we leave the match, I do. Did you see the Darren Moore post game spot that he did? Where Trippier popped in. Where Trippier popped in. Like, oh, hey, I just gotta no, say goodbye to my nice. mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like trips, trips. You're the best. You, you, you head out. Well, yeah, just like, just like, yeah. It's like, it's like you're talking to someone in a bar and your buddy comes over. Yeah, it was great. That's uh. For all the stuff we can give Darren Moore about tactics and stuff like that, he seems like he's a very good man manager, right? If Kieran Trippier is going out of his way after a tough couple of to come over, yeah, to interrupt hi, an hi. interview to say hi, yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, that's the Newcastle game. Take a break, come back, cover the Wednesday news, and preview a trip to the Chairboys. Now it's time for some Wednesday news, and we will continue with the Cup talks. We are focused on the Cup in this episode. And Wednesday have drawn Fleetwood Town at home in round four. This is a good draw for me. This is what you either want another big match at home. Maybe you want a big away trip because they stayed uh, they stayed home for all three rounds so far. This is a winnable fixture. Although it's an awkward one since they also play Fleetwood in the league that week. But it's a winnable fixture that gets you into the round of 16. And then, you know, things can happen, right? You can get Wrexham. You can get uh, Blackpool. Like, you gotta, yeah. Things, things get a little interesting. Just, just All you want to do is stay in the hopper. It'd be extra delicious to uh, get through this and draw Wrexham given Wrexham's <laughs> yes. opponent. Uh, We're all Wrexham, round, aren't but... we? Yes. Yeah, this this is a this is a great draw. That that's exactly it, right? You want a big game at home, a big team at home, or a winnable. You yeah, want to move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, I I all the games get mixed up in the end, uh, especially when we're a couple weeks out. But I believe Fleetwood was uh, a feisty affair, and they were kind of a pain in the ass. Well, it was just um, it was a very we, that was the two one win a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we struggled. We struggled with their. I believe I kept describing them as frenetic. Yeah, uh, they scored early. We struggled a little bit. That with way, them. And they Wednesday got the, the. It was the Marvin Johnson uh, ping, and then the yeah, crazy so red was card. Their yeah. Rooney, who scored their first goal. Yeah. that's correct. Uh, but so you know, it, it'll be a feisty game with yeah. us playing them that week. Right? Yeah. There's there's some chance, but yes, I I absolutely. They're both at home too. It's just like a weird scenario. I know it's not a long trip for Fleetwood, obviously. But it's just a weird scenario. It is, but I'll I'll take that draw. Yeah, you take that draw, um, yeah. Because uh, you know, we said before we we don't give a shit about the cups and I mean, a little cup run's always nice though, right? Like it was like it only it, they, I think it helps the team. If they had beaten Southampton, if they had won in penalty kicks in Southampton, they would have had Man City with Southampton just beat, but Yeah, no, it just uh, you know, honestly, if we can beat Newcastle at home. Uh, 
we can get another round or two further. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's it does. You get in a situation where, ride. like, so the Barnsley but, fixture has been moved because of this, and you start to get the crowded fixture schedule at the back half of the season, and that's you know, and, not ideal. Not ideal, especially given the you know the injuries in the back line, the uncertainty over where Mark McGinnis is going to be in a week. I guess you know it's Wednesday. I don't know. Be kind of mean to recall him at this point, so I expect to at least play at the weekend. But um, we'll get to that in a moment. But yeah, you know, it's you look. If they had, I'm glad there wasn't a replay against Newcastle. To be clear, because yes. that was like my fear yes. towards the end there. But I I would punt that. Yes, but uh, yeah, that's fine. Like. It's good, right? It's it's honestly, it's money coming into the club. Yes, they're on national that's, TV. It, it, that's not insignificant. No, and that's the thing. You end up, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about Exeter Cities. You, you know, get to the final. You, know, you beat you beat Fleetwood. Fleetwood half a Fleetwood, million dollars. What am I doing? Right, fourteen percent beer. You, <laughs> <laughs> you get to the round of sixteen. You get another big TV. And like, look, I don't know who it's. It might be fucking like Brighton or something. It's not going to, it might not be like an attractive fixture, but like whatever it's you're on again, you're on TV again. This stuff does matter around the margins when you're in. Or you, you end up, you end up in Arsenal and no, they don't necessarily care about the FA cup. No, Arsenal cares about the FA cup. That's like the the Arson Wenger. uh, (laughs) Or, or that's the, that's the Arson Wenger trophy, right? Fourth place in the FA cup. (laughs) <laughs> somebody who's going to get us again an mm. influx of three quarters of a million dollars in cash for yeah. the club just for just for showing up um yeah. it, it's only a good thing for the club i i don't like fish fixture congestion blah 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 but it, it's nice to be it's nice to be successful I, I it is nice really to be successful down, yes trickles down the usual Awards nonsense. So I don't know why they're doing that. It's it's literally we're halfway into January, but, but we have some player of the month uh, award nominees. Uh, Marvin Johnson, which is the uh, has been nominated for the PFA Player of the Month, which is the fans vote, and uh, Cameron Dawson has been nominated for the EFL League One Player of the Month, which I think is some sort of I don't know I don't know who votes on that. That's like a secret ballot or whatever. But you know. It, it's interesting to me because obviously Mark McGinnis won Wednesday's Player of the Month for December. It did not get nominated for either of these. But when you look at it, you look at the what happened in December. Like, yeah, I mean, Marvin Johnson and, and Cameron Dawson both played well, obviously. So the fact that they can have multiple players that didn't win the Team Player of the Month nominated for these awards, I think, is a, a statement more the club is, which is 19 unbeaten at this point or whatever. Yeah, no, success breeds success. Uh, the more individuals that are performing well, the better your team's going to be. The, to get it recognized is a wonderful thing. I'm not happy that McGinnis is recognized. <laughs> and, you know, we discussed that. But, yeah, it's it's only uh, – this winning is only good for your club, man. <laughs> yeah. Unsurprisingly, the, uh, the Wickham allotment is sold out. At the weekend, not a terrible trip, as I recall. Uh, I mean, I'm like eight hours from any other major city, so the geography of England is uh, <laughs> anything shorter. Right, than that's that like feels going, like a... that's like going London to Newcastle. Yeah, right? that's, and back. Yeah. Like, 
But again, Wednesday, as always, travel well at the weekend. And some squad shakeup for the weekend. The transfer window is obviously wide open at this point, and we have our first move as such. Uh, Alexander Mighton has been recalled by Nottingham Forest. Sounds like there was some... I mean, it's just one of those things where Wednesday was not playing him enough for the wages they were paying as part of the loan agreement. A little bit disappointing. I, I think he showed flashes of what he can do. Um, I think he struggled a little bit with Wednesday not playing him in his ideal spot. I think he probably... Yeah, suits best in like a four three three as like or a four two three one as a, an advanced wing player, which he was at the end. He was playing right wing back because that is the fate of all uh, <laughs> all crafty all Wednesday, Wednesday uh, <laughs> lone wingers, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it is. You know, the the you spot on, Jeff. He he had some promise. It looked good. I'm I'm glad Wednesday made that decision mm. you know i i would have liked to have i think with i think with seen him do better but... and fit again at this point getting into the squad a little bit more that you know he became well a, and a hunt, hunt healthy again too mm-hmm. uh, hunt is back you can get ideally Man, like, I, I, I love jack Hunt's hunt when they subbed up. on jack hunt at the end of that game when they're trying to hold a little bit tighter uh tighter line for and like look the Everyone like I saw Smith, Myers, Palmer, they were probably exhausted. They were exhausted, right? They were they absolutely just left it all out there and you do what you have to do. And look, Jack Khan is a is a capable fullback still, but he had not had a lot of game time. He's looked shaky in defense. I uh I I thought it was a little I thought it was had my concerns. Yeah. I thought it was all about the time wasting and fresh legs, but that's all right. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks, Alex Mighton. If yeah. I, uh, I always root for a fellow uh, Hartfordian. So yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll buy a domestic beer or mm-hmm. go have go have these yeah, on a city pizza steam or downtown. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Apparently, uh, Hartz has put in multiple offers for Callum Patterson. Hasn't moved yet. I don't know how that's gonna gonna play out. I don't think it's gonna be a situation where. Wednesday are looking to try to turn a profit on Callum Patterson or anything like that. I think it's going to come down to what the player wants, really. Yeah, and Lee Gregory's health to an extent as well. Yeah. Yeah, and but what, I, what I, other I strike? Think... Like this might be a thing where they are waiting to get like Tom Cannon from Everton in in the window before they decide to send a striker out too, and you know, juggling balls in the air and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, we're not even at the halfway point of the month yet, so sure, I'm not. There's, they don't. Like, they don't need to make to big, big, major sweeping changes within the squad. So, no, I think you're spot on, though. I think it's the player's choice, and uh, I think if you're Callum Patterson, you probably are kind of waiting a little bit to see. Yep. You know, if, if you if Wednesday doesn't bring anybody in up front, you know, you've got to balance that. Hey, I've got a part time gig, but on a great team where I'm an integral part of the squad, even if I don't get that much playing time and i can contribute maybe i want to stick around if they bring in some backup up front and i yeah. realize i'm gonna and get no, no, no disrespect to the scottish premiership but i right. think that gig will still be there in a year right <laughs> uh yeah yeah no no offense yeah. no offense some other transfer window rumors another name into the hat for Wednesday's backline depth, they have been linked to uh, Matty Pollock, the defender at Watford. I just know it would be a, a loan for the balance of the season. And a potential outgoing rumor, I enjoyed this, uh, Faseo Della Bashira has been linked to AC Milan, 
a, a small Amongst club, others. a small club in the uh, in the north of Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Some small Italian club. Yeah. Small Italian club. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell, man, especially with the way our fan base is. Sometimes yeah. it, he's got a great a agent. Of... I'll say that for him. Whoever yes. his agent is doing a great job. <laughs> he's getting linked from League One yeah. to Milan. Yeah, yeah Milan. Um, I think Feyenoord was in there at some point too. So, yeah. I would like to. I would like to see Fizz stick around and yeah. fulfill fulfill some promise, especially given I guess City's got a large chunk of uh, percentage of his deal as a sell on clause. I'm sure they did. Um, so, but it's uh, obnoxious. It's like fifty percent. Yeah. So, you know, if we're really not going to make that much money. Um, and his contract's up, but we have to deal with that. So be it. I'd almost rather just make sure we and got him on the squad. Apparently, coming out of his camp, he said he wants to stick with Wednesday. He wants to get promoted. He wants to resign. So yeah, sort it out. Yeah, um, you know, I with this one, I won't be surprised if he sticks around, but isn't given a contract. And it's one of those things where we sort of say, let's see how the second half of the season goes. Yeah. He may be waiting to see what league we go in. You know, yeah. uh, we may be waiting to see what league we go in, right? That's it's one of those things. I like Fizz. I think there's a lot of promise there. Again, he he was he totally disappeared. Uh, yeah, he did not have a good game against right. Newcastle. He's had a couple of shaky games recently. He's not in the best form, but we've seen him in really good form in this league, and he is almost unplayable. So, and he see, he seems like a good dude. So, I I wouldn't mind hanging on to him. A bit of sad news for uh, Wednesday fans. Jeff Beck died today. Um, a very influential blues guitarist from England. Uh, the Yardbirds, certainly in the 60s, probably his most notable band, obviously did a bunch of solo work. And one of those solo songs is, of course, High Ho Silver Lining, which you can hear before every Sheffield Wednesday game. I'll pour one out. Yeah. Uh, I I want to well, I guess it will Wickham they'll be on the road but the next home game I want to hear an extra extra loud it's a loud chorus of uh, I I remember back in the days when I couldn't really watch the club as regularly as I can now just watching the YouTube video of them uh, the entire you know four corners at Hillsborough singing uh, high host over lining before the Wickham game when they got promoted yes. out of. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that. That's great. It's video. great. Yeah. Oh my god! It's yeah. It's amazing. Um, yeah. No, uh, we. I was just gonna say we we were kind of joking beforehand about it. Jeff Beck. He's he's, a he's like he's like your dad's blues guitarist, time. right? My yeah, dad loves exactly. De- Jeff Beck. Yeah, we on the jukebox exactly. for some Yardbirds song from the sixties. Yeah, yeah. But uh, again, there's a it's a deep but connection. We talked about with, this with with, the uh, with Terry Hall and the specials, right? That song will live forever. As long as there is a Sheffield Wednesday, wherever they play, whether it's uh, Hillsborough or elsewhere, as long as the club exists, that oh, uh, prem- Premiership or the ninth Premiership or the tier, yeah, the nineteenth tier fa- Phoenix Club of Wednesday FC, yeah, yeah, wherever Which it is, that, uh, I will join if the Saudis yeah, we know you, you're you're very fond of Just your throwing some shade, clubs, man. Yes. Just throwing some shade. Uh, speaking of Hillsborough, look, we're not going to discuss this in great detail. I am a 12-hour flight uh, into probably London and then the Hull Regional Airport and then a bunch of trains to get to the stadium. I've never been there. Justin has never been there. 
It's on my bucket list. Don't get me wrong. I'll probably cry like a baby walking into the uh, ground. But we're not there, right? So there we has were, been, and we weren't there in 1989 either. But this is the club issued a statement on this, right? So this is this counts as Wednesday news at this point. I will say this. this is the only thing I will say on this matter. So again, I was not there. If this had happened at any other League One ground, it would not be a story. And the the tragic history of Hillsborough is intrinsic to this, right? If you're looking for tabloid fodder, you do it at this stadium. And and like two things can be true too. And we've talked to people that go there more regularly. And it can be true that this was this is a non-story. It can also be true that they need to tear down Leffings Lane End and put in a better faci- a better facility in that part of the ground. That can be true too. But I will end with this. Vic, I mean, I've been on the Wednesday week. Is she a, a fairly famous Wednesday fan and pundit at this point? Sure. She is not a representative of the club. She was not a steward, as far as I know, at the Newcastle game. If you can't get a comment from the club, and that's on the club, you don't bring Victoria on and, and try to get her to comment on this stuff. It's just irresponsible journalism. It's not even journalism, right? I just, yeah, no, it, it, was, it was gross. It should be embarrassing to Sky Sports, in all honesty. If you, I mean, if you have, if you have legitimate good faith concerns about how Wednesday managed the away crowd at that game, go get a quote from the club, or hold off until you do, or hold off until you do. Right. We will move on. We move on to Wickham at the weekend. Take it away, Justin. Yeah, well, you and I were talking, man. This this is going to be a tough little matchup, right? Uh, Wickham is. We we all know how difficult Wickham is to play. They're, big strong physical team uh we've been butting heads with them for it's the third straight year they were up in the championship uh got them last year we get them again this year um so we're playing at adams park stadium uh wickham had a tough stretch earlier this year with a lot of injuries but they've really rounded into form they're sitting in seventh place right now um plus seven goal difference 33 for 26 against at home, they're eighth in the uh, home standing. Same thing, though, plus seven goal difference. But their form is fabulous. Uh, they're second in the form table with uh, four wins, a draw, and a loss in their last six. And their only loss was one nothing away at Plymouth, which, you know, that's as we know, that's a good team. Um, we played them earlier in the year. Uh, we beat them 3-1 to one at Hillsborough. If you remember, that was the first minute own goal somebody whipped across in that deflected in uh baz ended up with a goal uh it was two to one and pato put it away late um but they're a uh another well, tough opponent to deal with i i won't go back through at this point uh you guys have listened to my previews enough on wickham uh you know that they're from high wickham uh and they're a very old town and uh, they played a bunch in the minor leagues, the Isthmian League or Ismithian League it's that I cannot Ismian? pronounce. But uh, yeah, know, sure, I'm Jeff. I'll, I'll take your that. word. Oh, you, you're doing better than I am right now. Um, I blame the tequila. Um, they did come. They did get promoted to the football league under Martin O'Neill, so it's a little interesting. Uh, 
but I always like to make fun of them. They're quartered, they're famous quartered shirts. They're dark blue and light blue are technically known as Oxford blue and Cambridge blue, which if you're an American, imagine somebody telling you that this club is a combination of Harvard and Yale. And if that doesn't make you want to puke, I don't know what does. Uh, you guys, of course, know Gareth Ainsworth, the yeah, rock and well roll manager. with him on this who, podcast. Too uh, familiar, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was crying about injuries last time. I, I went to look and see some Wickham news going into this game, and he was crying more. And I wasn't even sure what he was complaining about, but he was complaining. Um, but they, they will come out in their uh, – well, I will say I assume they'll come out in their 4-2-3-1. They actually played a 3-4-1-2. I believe it's the first time all year they used three at the back last week. Uh, but they uh, were playing a team that plays three in the back, so perhaps they were just trying to match them. Uh, but they're a big fan of uh, pressing you, forcing the ball to the middle, where they are man-marking you and being large and physical getting turnovers, getting you on the counter, hitting the ball wide, crossing it in. Um, pretty simple formula. And if you've got that uh, four, two, three, one, that's that's a really good way to, to, to play it. Force the ball in the middle where you outnumber them and uh, get going with it. So uh, players of note for them, they have Sam Vokes is their mm -hmm. uh, center forward. Although he's got three goals and one assist. And if you actually look through their team, that's not where a lot of their goals are coming from. Uh, I don't know if you remember last game. I talked him up before the preview, and then he was quite good. Uh, Ennis Mamedi is his name. He's a 21-year-old. He's going to play on the left side in an attacking uh, role, sort of their winger. Uh, he's uh, eight goals and three assists. And then on the right side is Gareth McCleary, who is – 14 years older than Annis uh, Mamedi at 35, but he's got four goals and five assists. Um, the the key to them really seems to be their goaltender is uh, not uh, – we, we stole their goaltender, as, as I think we know. Um, but they brought in uh, Max Strajic, uh, a 26-year-old who's been quite good. He won a uh, player of the month for them. He is, I believe, might have won a – uh, league player of the month uh, and, and has been playing very well, especially as of late. But of their double pivot, uh, Josh Scohan has been uh, instrumental in doing it. And then the other is Lewis Wink. I was going to say, you didn't mention only five goals for you. For, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's in. all coming out of the, uh, it's all coming out of that uh, double pivot role. So mm -hmm. he's, he's really filling into space and, you know, I, I talked last week about uh, unpopular opinions. I I enjoyed the Adam Reach experience for the most part. I know I was very much in the minority, but I liked Lewis Wayne. So I thought not... he again he was another one that never got to sort of play in his preferred position yeah. for the most part with uh, with Wednesday. But yeah, he's he's been a he's been a big part of this. And you know, as you and I were talking about before. You know, before the pod, this is this is a tricky fixture. We're going. It's a little bit road. of a banana peel, right? It's coming off the Newcastle. It might be game. more than that. I mean, this is a I mean, playoff. It would be a, it would be a tough team. match normally. I think going to Wickham. I think they had a really kind of testy nil nil there last year, and 
coming off the Newcastle game where a lot of the, you know, Michael Smith and Liam Palmer and George Byers, you know, the, the kind of the, the key players spent a lot of their energy out on the pitch trying to you know, like get back up, get on the bus, go to Wickham. Like these are professionals, right? Like I don't want to be here and they're not going to, they're not going to show up, but it's, it's a little tricky, right? This is yeah, hundred percent. I think I think this is going to be a big challenge for us. Um, I don't think this is going to be an easy game. Uh, you you hate I hate to say things like this, um, and I'm not going to take a point before the start or mm-hmm. take a point at halftime. You look at obviously Plymouth if, if dropped a couple game, points at the weekend too, so you're looking like yeah, you can make a little run here, right? You get three. Man, but if this game ends and and we snake a point and a hard-earned victory yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cry a river this is this quality team it's a difficult team to play and yep. a difficult park to play in um you know are we better than them yeah, yeah we are yeah. Uh, i think we're 14 points ahead of them in the league right now but this is this is a team that you know no offense to them because they did have that uh moment in the sun in the championship um but this is a league one team and this is what makes League One very difficult. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's get a point, and uh, if we get three, well, shit, that's going to look real good. This has been episode two hundred and one. Yeah. Of the Americast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com and find and follow us on Instagram at owlsamericas. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, yada, yada, yada. Wherever you can find a podcast, you can probably find the Owls Americas. Wherever you download us, we do ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. I should also mention, because I don't have the dock up, obviously, because there is no dock. Our intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesday nights forever the makers. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owls. Justin, what was your favorite moment from the Newcastle match? Individual moment. Oh, I mean, the answer is that buyers turn and run. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I mean, honestly, Jeff, it, it was that final whistle. I mean, if I wasn't muttering to myself. So somebody said to me, like uh, another football friend of mine reached out and was like, oh, that last uh, that last 20 minutes must have been excruciating. You know what? I turned to my son at 70 minutes. It was two to one at that point. It was roughly 70 mm-hmm. minutes. And I said, oh, my God, 20 more minutes of this. But I kind of felt like. 70 to 90 wasn't too bad yeah but it's never to like 98 and a half or whatever the fuck that was that was i literally i had my hands on my head i was pulling trying to pull my ears off of the side of my head uh it was so just, this is, you know, this trying is to my uh, under the table <laughs> my thing Ugh. is just i i sent a i think i sent a message to a buddy of mine uh, oh, my buddy Thomas, who's been on when uh, he's an Everton fan, who was on when we had the preview yeah, for the yeah. Everton match. Um, and I think I've sent him a message around like 75, 80 minutes where I'm like, man, I don't know why I'm so like tense. It's it's Newcastle, right? 
They were they were on a three match winning streak against Newcastle coming into this game. I'm not even counting them destroying the under twenty ones in the Pizza Cup last year. Because they won the, <laughs> they won the League Cup and they did the double. Like but you know, seven years is an eternity in football terms, really, at this point. And you know, it's just kind of like because you want the win, right? It's it's a it it is a big deal to the club at this point. And I was just like, I had I had Lord H's squeaky bum cream out for oh, a couple yeah. moments here and there. But you know, Wednesday were they were counter punching, right? They weren't they were dropping back deep, but they were counter punching. They had the the wind dash free kick that hit the bar, obviously, and a couple other uh, mm. opportunities in there as well. But it also never. Like you, they, they and and Newcastle skied a couple of shots. There was the wood, there was a wood one, and there was another one in there too. But it it never really felt the same way. I keep thinking back to the FA Cup game against Man City back in the uh, Stuart Gray era, not so the, the League the Cup game. Two to one, destroyed. Or the seven to one. It was two to no the two to one where the yeah, the new Hugh goal game. early, yeah. And they brought on again. They brought on the hundred million dollars worth of subs in the sixtieth minute, and just eventually just. Overwhelmed. Yeah, but what, what was annoying is that it was fucking James Milner. It was James Milner, yes. It was oh. literally James Milner. I do remember that. Ugh. But uh But it never felt that way with the Newcastle, even after they brought on Almiron and Trippier and whoever else. Alan Shearer. Alan Alan Shearer, yeah. <laughs> uh, it never actually You would have felt a little hard done with a point with a draw there, right? That would have been the difference. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was the end of that game was the end of that game was I mean it was exhausting. Was it was moment. it was not it just, was not a pleasant watch in a lot of ways, but except when it was. Uh I'm on Twitter at Jeff Pedernostro. I think my favorite that so what I keep coming back to, obviously the both the Windass goals you know, the build-up for the first one and the actual second one goal were great. Um, you mentioned a couple of Dawson saves. Yeah, the Mark. I, I keep going back to that Mark McGinnis. Again, it wasn't at a super important situation. It was fairly early in the second half after Wednesday had scored the first before the second. The, just the inch-perfect slide tackle. He couldn't win the ball, but his ability to cut off the shot coming in mm. was just incredible. And... Uh, you know, obviously, Dom Housen tweeted about this, where it's like he's going to be a premier play, Premier League player in eighteen months, and he's going to be a Premier League player in eighteen months. Like this is where he is. It's kind of weird that he's still on loan <laughs> to a League One team. Um, I would like it that to continue, and I hope we're discussing. Yeah, let's his, just we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> his great performance against Wickham next week. 